Welcome Pathfinders to the Find the Path Podcast actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. Now with an extra scoop of hieroglyphs. I, I think we've extra already had scoop? the extra scoop of hieroglyphs for a How while. How do you scoop hieroglyphs? So here's what you do. You, you chisel them off the wall like they're little tiles, right? There you go, a little tile I on your cereal. I don't know if that's how that works. It's probably not. What was the name of that? Um, <laughs> was it Yummy Mummy? There was most definitely a cereal yeah, that had like mummies there's like or blueberry. There's like the what is it? Count Frankenberry. Chocula. Frankenberry. Count Chocula. I think it was called Yummy Mummy. Was the cereal? Okay, that I was have to look the, now. I don't know. I don't uh, remember my parents such never a bought thing. any of those for us. So. Fruity Yummy Mummy. That was it. Oh yes, there absolutely Fruity, was Yummy Mummy. How odd. Yes. Were they date flavored? I, I imagine it was like uh, <laughs> Fruit Loops or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was probably just repackaged generic Fruit Loops. <laughs> Okay, so uh, this was discontinued. It replaced basically another thing called Fruit Brute <laughs> to Fruity Yummy Mummy, uh, which was discontinued in 1992. But were the mummies no. marshmallows? Uh, uh, I believe no, so. I think it was, I, actually, I think it was just like a crunchy cereal thing. I don't remember. You know what? Actually, I, I think there were tiny marshmallows. According to this, it says fruit-flavored frosted cereal with vanilla-flavored marshmallows. But It was, I, it was Fruit Loops or like Fruity Pebbles or something. Just yeah, from a the, different the, brand. the one that I'm seeing has bats in it for some reason. What? Yeah, because uh, it was Halloween. You know, because there's like Booberry and Count Chocula. And I got really into Oreos for a minute when I lived in Korea. Anyway, anyway, we're, we're talking <laughs> anyway, about this, cereal. This is, this is all for our cereal podcast. This is not what we're here for. <laughs> this is the Mummy's Mask podcast. Ooh, Mummy's Mask uh, brand cereal. Patreon stretch goal. Oh, my God. Yep. Uh, <laughs> it's with all marshmallows. <laughs> I'm going to go with no. No, none of that is actually true as far as, uh, I guess, another scoop of hieroglyphs if you wanted to find them as scoop, which is how we somehow ended up on this thing. You're welcome, audience. I suppose uh, jumping back into our adventure, our adventure in progress, when last we had left our heroes, the doorkeepers had made their way finally after, uh, I think it was about 20 episodes or so of exploring the various other wings of the pyramid of Hakatep, had entered into the inner sanctum of Hakatep. Therein they had met with the spirit of Sahila, the Shori Aromancer, who had been responsible for aiding Hakatep unwillingly in the construction of the Flying Pyramid, uh, along with Chisisek's uh, technological marvels. And uh, it gotten kind of the rundown from her over uh, what you were supposed to be expecting. You would then face off against N. Mech, uh, unknown to all of you, and Ekorche. A creepy, skinless lady. It, I don't know, uh, she was a She, a she did titan. some flaying, trying to. She ripped off her own skin suit. A battle had ensued. You had managed to successfully defeat her without any of you being skinned alive. So, uh, uh, I mean, that's not which is good. Her trying, she did try oh, to skin we're me. Definitely going to be asking about that in the after party because oh, uh, please oh my do. Gosh. It's very. Oh my it's gosh. Very interesting. I, I, mm. I need to. I need to crunch some numbers to see what that would have done to Sudi. Anyway, you'd then. I, would that even work? Because he's stony. I think so, but we'll get. I into would that. probably say it does because otherwise I have an unfair advantage. Yeah. You still have skin. You're not 100% made of stone. Not yet. <laughs> You'd uh, then explored from there into the the chamber that seemed to have been the resurrection chamber of a sort for the uh, the soldiers of the Sky Pharaoh. Yeah, but apparently they messed up the ritual. Yeah, apparently they, they may have screwed that up. I love Thank it. I'm goodness. here for it. So instead, you had uh, kind of made your way past that, gone and activated the door from the aromancy chamber and had... Uh, exit out to make your way deeper 
I believe, uh, initially in pursuit of Akatep's wife, whom you were hoping to deal with before you had to deal with the pharaoh himself. Yes. Since mm-hmm. the only thing worse than fighting an undead sorcerer is fighting an undead sorcerer with an undead cleric. Oracle. You don't really know Oracle, what she does. Something. Yeah. And any, anything that has the harm spell would be yep. a net negative. So I suppose to to jump back in, we had left off as the the large block after two had presented it with the pectoral and back had sunk down into the ground and you'd gone from there into the hallway beyond. A corridor stretching ahead of you some maybe 10 feet wide, narrowing towards the ceiling, the walls sloping in, covered in hieroglyphic prayers, as you've come to expect down here, gilt in gold across the surrounding walls. You had made your way down the passageway, seeing several paintings of recumbent jackals decorating the floor of this corridor, of which Holodus had immediately recognized since you had run into the same symbols while exploring the crypt of fire. Mm-hmm. that had denoted the nearby or the proximity of nearby hidden crypts. Yep. You had made your way forward until you'd reached an intersection, maybe some 20 feet down, which again, now that all of you have some form of dark vision granting ability, you'd seen had stretched more than 60 feet away off towards your right-hand side and 60 feet at least off towards your left-hand side. Down the left-hand passage, you could vaguely make out a corner at the very edge of the black and white vision provided by your dark vision. Although closer to you, you can see the light from two's blazing wings, currently 10 feet tall, shining off of the surrounding hieroglyphs and painting the symbols reflected downwards onto the floor in brilliant illumination, an obvious intended trick of the light. Tricky, tricky. Sudi, you sense any undead? Uh, I mean, yeah, I can turn on my tomb site, but I doubt I see any undead. I mean, there's nowhere in here for anything to hide. If Yeah, exactly. And I can't see through the walls or anything. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, That's it true. means that Hollis would be able to see it with her sea invisibility, which I think Citra also has, correct? Yes. I guess I'll just keep concentrating on the tomb site then, just... And there, there's okay. nothing on, like, the walls that's like, a, you know, left is this, right is this. No, I doubt they have directions. No, I think we want to start left just because it looks like a shorter distance, um, well, which means... And we may... want to look for secret... Wall or secret doors? Secret crypts? Secrets. So we just want to look for secrets. We want to look for secrets, yeah. Citra pulls out the magnifying glass and we start, like, you know, <laughs> creeping along. Yeah, the walls while. are just covered in, uh, in the expected pyramid texts. Although ah. some of these are darker than normal. Well, you know, it is a bunch of Sedites and whatever yeah. Neferusa follows, which I think is probably Narlathotep, but Narlathotep. we haven't really confirmed that. I mean, it, it's it's something in the void, so a great old one of some sort. But yeah, yeah Narlathotep makes the most sense for the setting. All right, so left. Yep, down the hall. Searching for secret doors. Wary as can be. Yep, looking for traps. Turning to the left, uh, if pertinent, you can see that there are two symbols of recumbent jackals on the floor down the left passage, and two more symbols of recumbent jackals on the floor down the right-hand passage. Those just mean that it's a tomb area, correct? Uh, It means that there is a body buried nearby. Turning, the passage continues down for some distance. Again, you walk for the better part of some maybe 50 feet or so as you make your way down towards the corner up ahead. Upon reaching it, turning the corner, you see that continues for another 30, maybe 40 feet before reaching a dead end. A fifth symbol of a recumbent jackal 
is painted on the floor halfway down this passage. Hmm. Uh, I'd like to to like peek around the corner just in case he sees something we don't with his fancy true seeing. Uh, upon being asked, you take his eyes off of the surrounding script where he's been eyeing it somewhat warily. I imagine <laughs> he's like Spencer Reed and can read like 10,000 hieroglyphs a minute. <laughs> oh yeah, he's very fast. It'd, it'd help out in his line of work. <laughs> you turn around, there's a couple blank spots on the walls. He's like, don't worry about it. And then uh, leans <laughs> forward and looks around the corner. Goodness. No, I see nothing. I suppose just for uh, being thorough, uh, Citra wants to go over and just examine it, make sure that there's like not any secret passages or switches or all Traps. of the above. Uh, yeah, go ahead and make me a perception roll. Two will keep an eye off back down the rest of the corridor. Uh, that would be perfectly average. It gives me a 10 for a 30. You make your way down the passage. Check the end of the passageway. Don't see anything. Check along the walls. Note that the hieroglyphs are much the same here, except... Except? The prayers in this area are not for Hakatep. As you look over the hieroglyphs, you note that there are numerous prayers here. Things along the line, generally what you understand, you know, the earth is his home, his injuries are effaced, purified himself in the eye of Horus, the usual prayers that you expect. However, there are points here that it speaks of his sister has gone forth. Hakatep's sister goes forth before him. She is the one awaiting him. They are the ones awaiting him. He had sisters, right? Yeah, he had several sisters. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Which, are they buried here, maybe? Is that who our hidden tombs are? I mean, it's not uncommon for a pharaoh to bury yeah. his family members with them. It de depends on if they died before him or not. I mean, he did live a decent amount of time considering he, how much he was poisoned. Yeah, and we didn't really get a lot of information about his siblings other than his brother. Yeah, I was going to say, especially not the sisters. But the, the phrase his sibling or his sister has gone before him makes me think that she died first. Probably. Looking down the passage to your left, you see that there's one marked painting on the floor of a recumbent jackal. Citra, as you check over the wall, you reach the point where the jackal is. It's faint, but the texture on the northern wall is slightly different. Everywhere else it has been stone. However, here the texture is more like plaster or earth made to resemble stone. Much as you had seen whenever you had, again, encountered something similar to this symbol in the Crypt of Fire. Being thorough, I imagine, knocking on it, you can tell that it seems to be hollow. I found a hollow section. No, the jackal. They're probably buried in the walls, and since they haven't busted their way out, I, I imagine he didn't raise them. I think it was his sister. And it's not a door? It's probably more like just a large enough space for the body, I would imagine. So no fancy uh, sarcophagus or anything for his relatives? I mean, there well, I mean, there could be a sarcophagus within it. We don't know. Mm. But I don't know if we need to be doing anything with this. I say we head down the other passageway. As long as it doesn't look like it opens. It sounds like it's a mausoleum. Like there are places in the walls where they've probably put a sarcophagus and then sealed it in. Yeah, and and if like I said, if they were been raised along with everybody else, they would have busted their way out of these plaster walls by now. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just guess just check around where the jackals are and see if they're all family of Hakatep. Like his other, like they did, he did have several sisters and things like that that could be in here. Uh, you can tell that the prayers repeat themselves, and all of them are in reference to 
his sisters. Although it does not give their specific names, it does give their titles. Oh, okay. Is that unusual? Like, I feel like that's unusual to not put the name of a person. The name would be in their crypt proper. Yeah, yeah. it's probably on the cartouche oh, on okay. top of the sarcophagus. Yeah. Right. Here, okay. the prayers seem to be it be their relationship to Hakatep, whose tomb, whose pyramid this is. Whereas in their own chambers would bear their own names. Ah, uh, okay. I guess Ooh. we'll keep an eye out for any more of these uh, recumbent jackals. And all of the ones on the other side, that the two that we can see are also for his sisters? Yes. He had a lot of sisters. Yeah, I remember him having like, what, like five or six or something like that. Even, maybe even more. Uh, when you last seen, he had five sisters. Yeah, as I say, I, I, I knew it was several. So this is four so far. And if this is another dead end, there's probably another one around the passageway, but we're going to have to figure out a way to continue. If it's yeah, we a hope end. this isn't a dead this end. This is a cause... dead end, then we've missed something to continue further. There's probably the a passage in one of the sister sarcophagi. We'll need to... Uh, yeah. If, if this is a dead end, we'll have to pay attention to their titles. Right in the corner up ahead, you okay. turn. Uh, well, basically, you turn from the, the dead end you're at, you walk back past the passage that had led you into this area before you continue down to the end of the what was the right, right hand hallway rounding the corner you can see that there the passage continues for a short distance further uh well by a short distance i would mean another 70 feet or so before it dead ends again with two symbols along the floor so this is more than five so i guess we'll check all of them and see who they are yeah the, there should only be the five so what are these two uh the first one still shows prayers to his sister Approaching the second of this side passage, you see that the symbols, the hieroglyphs around here, denote praise for his servant. Ah. Saying uh, his servant comes to him, his servant brings to him his scepters, his servant brings to him his bread, his servant brings to him his wine, his servant takes from him his sorrow. If, if any of them was going to be a continuation, it's probably this one. This one. Mm-hmm. Well, let's bring ourselves to him. Uh, checking along here. Sitcher, what do you get taking 10? I get a 30, unless I can add my danger sense. Uh, no, but I mean, you could use your magnifying glass if you so wished. 35. You can tell that the wall on the left-hand side as you go down this passage is much as the one that you'd seen on the far southern passage. Seemingly plaster instead of actual stone. Uh, this one is in stone. It's plaster, so it should be easier to get through if we need to. Which we all I think we need to. So he just kind of shrugs, like, you know, gets a little ready stance and then just, like, punches through the uh, plaster. Hi, yeah, yeah. Like a superhero. Sudi stepping forward, going to town on this. Almost two minutes of hammering away at this with your fists. As punch, 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 you slam into it. I can only imagine the rest of you watching on or watching up and down the passage with some concern over... There's How a lot much of noise. noise this is, and whether really or not hope any of the. I this is uh... the right one. Oh, me too. It's quite the workout. Eventually, Sudi, the cracks spreading as you you fall upon your training that you usually use for bypassing damage reduction to just hammer your fist into the same <laughs> exactly. spot over He's and over the and same over spot. again. Eventually, your fist slams through. You're able to like leverage, plant your feet on practically on the wall before pulling down sections of it. And something grabs your hand from the other side. Oh no! Oh, that would be funny. <laughs> Sudi gets pulled in through the hole. <laughs> oh no! Goodbye, yep, there's a comedic Tim Burton s spray of blood out of the hole. Uh, oh uh, my god! No. <laughs> Bright red too, so you know it's Ruby, not Ruby blood. jewels everywhere. <laughs> 
cracking your fist through, it's not into a small alcove, but a full-size crypt. Glancing inside, you see the walls of this small crypt, and I use the term small only in comparison to everything else you have seen here, as it is at least 20 to 25 feet wide and probably 30 feet in depth. The ceiling in here stretching up maybe some good 12 to 15 feet high and all of the walls covered in hieroglyphs. However, the chamber is somewhat austere. Other than the painted hieroglyphs over the surrounding walls, the only thing occupying this chamber is a single stone sarcophagus sitting in the very center of the chamber, its lid depicting a classic mummification figure. As you look over this figure, as I imagine all of you step forward to take a this better isn't look. What I was expecting. Sudi, I imagine taking point Citra behind him. Yep. To keep an I'm eye sure out for this any is traps. What those other rooms look like, maybe with more stuff in them. The figure on the sarcophagus, however, as all of you can tell from here, is not the traditional figure that you see atop sarcophagi. This sarcophagus is oddly broad compared to the other ones that you've seen. Oh, it's a door. And the figure across the top of it is what appears to be a barrel-shaped figure, hands folded respectfully. Oh, the dwarf. Head completely shaven, head and mm. face. However, still wearing a, a faintly mischievous smile <laughs> that the artist added to the sarcophagus's otherwise serene visage. I mean, he was huh. kind of the, the jester figure, correct? Um, Narmer begins flipping through his card catalog. Uh, we know that he did bury his favorite bard, oh. uh, a dwarven man named Tabesh. So like the, like an entertainer, yeah. I guess Basika will see if there's a cartouche and if this uh, is the dwarf. Sudi's going to tap his golem bane scarab and see if there's a golem in there. Like, <laughs> um, it's just sitting on top and it's like, surprise. <laughs> no, I mean, that's it's carved as part of this okay. thing. I mean, mind you, it you could know. be an animated sarcophagus, at which point it's just a construct and doesn't count as a golem, but it's True. not a golem for all intents and purposes. So Sudi's looking this over with that. Citra, I believe, wanted to step into the room and look for traps. I think... Uh, Masika's just looking for a cartouche or something to see if this is the dwarf we think it is. Hollis is going to lean in the room, or like in the door, in the doorway. Okay. So Citra, go ahead and make me a perception roll. Go ahead and add that trap okay. finding bonus on there. <laughs> yep. Okay. I imagine the sarcophagus itself is probably trapped, but I don't oh, yeah. think we have any reason to open it. I mean, it, it's probably some kind of curse effect or something like that. Unless there's nothing in the sarcophagus and it's truly just stairs. All right. I rolled an 11 for a 41. Okay. Masika, you step forward. You look over the sarcophagus. Careful not to touch it as Citra is still doing her, you know, searching for traps thing. Looking this over, you can tell that the sarcophagus has been lovingly carved and does bear a single cartouche denoting this as tapes. Strangely, this is a level of care almost unseen for servants. At the very least for servants that aren't like military generals or, you know, Nahamra would have received a tomb like this. But a court jester is somewhat unusual. The hieroglyphs along the side of the sarcophagus speak of this man's talents, depicting him and the pharaoh and Queen Neferuset. At most points, it seems to denote his skill with acrobatic tricks, comic pantomimes, 
juggling, and music played on sets of chimes. All of these seem to denote, for lack of a better term, how hilarious this dwarf truly was. This guy was so funny. Narmer, this was our people. <laughs> I sense a deep spiritual connection to this person. In another life, yes. I could have called him friend. You could call him friend now, I guess, because he could be alive in there. Well, undead, but alive. That's true. I just wanted to make the uh, the reference mm. for any Star Trek fans out there. Citra <laughs> glancing this over. <laughs> Starfinder fans out there, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, such a good, good episode. Citra glancing this over, you note that there is something wrong with this sarcophagus. Not just the sarcophagus itself, but perhaps the entire room. You strangely get the feeling that this room is intentionally designed to drop. Oh. Oh! Is it an exactly elevator? Where you're not certain. It's it's one of those it opens and the spikes underneath impale you. However, you can tell that the entirety of this floor has been designed with intricate clockwork mechanics to drop downwards like a massive 20 foot, 25 foot wide, 30 foot trap door. <laughs> However, you believe that it would only be triggered if someone were to do something with the sarcophagus itself. Don't touch the sarcophagus, at least not yet. Um, this whole room is meant to drop. Like an elevator? That part I'm not sure of. I'm not sure if it's a trap door or if it's an elevator. Oh, you know, the kind you crank. <laughs> I'm sure that we have dumb waiters. I'm sure they have dumb waiters at fancy noble houses and that type of yes. thing. Intel. Probably. Well, is there so, any other way out of there? Yeah. Can I figure out if this is a, you know, trap situation or if there's just like a lever or something that slowly lowers us down where we need to go? Because that would be nice. <laughs> uh, from here, no. You would have to open up the sarcophagus. Ah, oh, Jesus. Well, uh, maybe we need to go check and see if the others are similarly warded or if there's one of them that maybe drops down and into a fun slide instead of a... We can't tell what it drops into. Yeah, there's not really a way to... Oh, maybe it doesn't drop anywhere. Remember back when we were in the other flying pyramid and it it intentionally shot you out the bottom? (laughs) It just yeets you out the bottom. (laughs) But maybe it just just drops down to the sand underneath because, you know, we're on the ground now. However, it would have been really cool if it just dropped you into space. Well, actually, not um, really cool because, you know, that did happen before. Having fallen from that was a pyramid before, not so fun. Yes. Oh, it yeah. Didn't, not fun if you can't fly. Yeah. Or paralyzed when you can fly. Yeah, sure. I've never been paralyzed in my life. Just circle the sarcophagus and see if, like, I don't know, her knowledge engineering, knowledge clockwork, if there's any kind of clue or something written on the sarcophagus, anything that might hint to how this could be activated with its like intentionally there's like, just one little button that says yeah test, or something like or you know button to open it up yeah i'll come in and do the whole detect magic thing i suppose no it's just the standard magical auras that you've seen up until this point circling around this no it's just further still tells of his uh his comedic genius if you will you have to use the padumcha that has to be like the Rhythm that you tap. That's, that's, the, that's the, the the bypass to this. Is just you got yes. you got to go. But um, you tell a funny joke and then it'll let you go. Do a quick you know shave and a haircut on top of the uh, the thing and see if he opens up. <laughs> um, 
All right, well, I'm thinking we need to check another one of them. Uh, so we passed by all of these. I don't know if we really took in what all of their, like, um, monikers were, but that might give us a hint to where it would be because this feels like a not place, not way to go. That's up to you. It's got to be here. It's got to be that we need to go. No, I don't think it's got to be here. I mean, this is the only thing that's different. I don't think it'll end well. Okay, here's what we do. Regardless, here's what we do. Everybody, step out of the room. Narmer goes and interacts with the sarcophagus, and we see what happens. I mean, I'm constantly flying. Also, you're constantly flying. Yeah. Well, those of us who aren't constantly flying, we can exit the room, I guess, and just try it and see. I'm gonna step out of the room. I assume maybe Masika will as well. Ye flying ladies can investigate. I, I want to examine the sarcophagus more closely, see if there's a, like a, a lever, a contraption, whatever. It might be magically uh, linked, but I don't know. Are you we'll opening see. the sarcophagus? If, if there's nothing on the outside of the sarcophagus, then uh, Citra will start opening it. We'll be like, sorry, bud. Going to open it. You're surprised to see that this is almost airtight because of the weight of the lid. However, they did not plaster seal it. Yeah, so it's obviously meant to be pushed open. Ah, we should have noticed that. Sliding this to the side, you know, again, Citra Hollis, I believe, uh, just kind of hovering on either side yeah. of this. Hover, hover. You can see that inside is a mummified figure of what appears to have been a dwarven man. The linens are white. However, his body is still robed in bright colored clothing. Reds and oranges and gold. They buried him in his clothes. His arms are crossed over his chest in the traditional fashion and seems to, and his funerary mask seems to bear a smile reminiscent to that that you'd seen on the sarcophagus. Hmm. The man wears jewelry much more befitting that of nobility. Again, showing him a level of prestige among servants that seems to be surprising. Yeah. In one hand, he clutches a chime, and in the other hand, a golden flute. Detect magic on the chime. Is that a chime of opening? Uh, the chime is magical. Ooh, I take 10 for a 37 on Spellcraft. It talks about him playing chimes on the outside of the sarcophagus. Hmm. Looking this over, you can determine that this is a magic item known as a chime of interruption. Oh, okay. interesting. Interrupt what? <laughs> I know. It interrupts people. Interrupt spell casting? Because that might be really great to use against our boy Hakatap here in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, first, none of us are bars. solo. This instrument can be struck once every 10 minutes, and its resonant tone lasts for three full minutes. Oh. While the chime is resonating, no spell requiring a verbal component can be cast within a 30-foot radius <laughs> unless the caster makes a concentration check. Wow. 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 It is very distracting. <laughs> so, all right, new plan, everybody. We go, we ring these chimes, put them around Hakatep's neck, and then we go after him. <laughs> yes, because he's not well, going so to he could take hit the them chime. off of his neck. You could Narmer kick just people and just hold the, the chime and flies around the room and bangs it on crap really annoying. I mean, honestly, that's not a bad idea to have Narmer just like running around. <laughs> that's great. Let's let's uh, borrow it from this guy. Do you wish to uh, wiggle the chime out of his hand? I'm going to look at Citra first to make sure that he's not going to grab me. Can I tell if there's any sort of, like, trap thing that'll, like, fling the body up at us? All of Lara Croft <laughs> style. While it goes, ah! 
<laughs> just reminds me of more like he's actually an undead and he's gonna like I don't know the trap is you touch it and he becomes a thing I don't know well, it's like, again, but like the Tomb Raider movie where they actually had a spring-loaded thing to like make the queen or whatever sit up to scare people. That was so weird. Yeah. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Citra, you may of. make a perception roll if you so wish. Am I adding trap binding? Why not? Oh, is no. is this uh, is this uh, undead creature playing possum? <laughs> is it playing possum? <laughs> well, that would be dangerous sense. That's a different uh, thing. Not my best roll, but it was still a 37. Roll to seven. The chime? No. However, you can tell that that flute isn't just a flute. Oh. In fact, it seems to actually be connected to some sort of mechanism inside of the sarcophagus that would then activate the trap door. There's your lever. And it appears yeah. to be a lever of some sort that the, the corpse is gripping to its chest. The whole time that you're looking this over, the mask of Tabe is just smiling up at you with his mischievous grin. The chime does not look attached to anything, but the flute looks to be a lever. Oh, okay. Well, um, pull, pull the lever. T- Tabe, I'm going to borrow this from you, buddy, and uh, we'll give it back? I don't know. I'm going to wiggle the we'll chime free. We'll give it back. Well, we got to figure out how to get back over here. Anyway, that'll be a whole conversation yes, to figure out. But, if we have time. Well, uh, if the whole pyramid doesn't explode or something. All right. I guess I'm going to pull the lever. Everyone stay ready. Sudi so, so gives you a, a thumbs up from the uh, corridor where he's pretty sure he's safe as he puts <laughs> two hands on either side and grips. Sutra <laughs> pulling the lever. The moment you do so, the room fills with a, a magical echoing voice, not speaking words, but a deep-throated, full-bodied laugh, which you can define as one part humorous and one part cackle. Oh, Lord. I like this dwarf. The floor drops out from beneath you. Yep. Sarcophagus along with it. Oh, Jesus. Into a 20-foot deep pit. Both of you are flying, so I do not need an actual reflex save from you. A pit filled with what appears to be some form of green slime over the walls and the floor. So you can't get out. Interesting. Anyone that wishes to may make me. Uh, again, Sudi and Masika, you can see this from the doorway. As it drops away, there's a clattering sound. It's it's a very wet thump, like oh. someone's boot landing cube. in <laughs> thick mud. Anyone that wishes to may make me a knowledge nature. That's I weird. don't have that. Yeah, uh, I, I roll a 12 for a 27. Mm. Uh, Masika rolls a 13, uh, which gets her a 40. Nice. With a 40. And actually, Hollis, with your... Uh, you're 27 as well. Hollis Masika, both of you can recognize this as a common, but still extraordinarily dangerous type of slime, commonly referred to unimaginatively as green slime. Oh, well. It's a variety of normal slime. However, green slime devours flesh and organic materials on contact and Fun. is even capable of dissolving metal. Oh. It's bright Sorry, green, <laughs> wet, and extraordinarily sticky clinging to walls, floors, ceilings, and patches, reproducing as it consumes organic matter. It can, in fact, almost exist forever. It is even capable of some degree of movement, dropping from walls and ceiling when it detects as movement and possibly food below it. Uh, it deals uh, 1d6 points of constitution damage per round. Oh! While it devours flesh. On the first round of contact, it can be scraped off by a creature, destroying whatever scrapes it off. 
but after that, it must be frozen, burned, or cut away, dealing damage to the victim as well. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah, so don't, don't touch that. Um, there's not a door or anything down there that, that we need to fly to or something. Not that you see down in the pit. Is it going to be underneath this gosh darn goo? Uh, as a side note, it can dissolve through metal and wood and flesh extraordinarily fast. Um, to metal and wood, it doesn't do constitution damage. It instead does 2d6 points of acid damage per round. So only stone isn't affected? Yes. All right, uh-huh. so this it's probably through here. You think? You think it's underneath all this goo? It would be a way to get rid of weapons and weaken you before you went unless you could get rid of the slime so it would not surprise me in the slightest well I mean technically there's nothing stopping you guys from like floating down a little bit and checking to see if there's doors pertinent for either well technically pertinent for any of you any amount of cold or fire damage will destroy it as will direct natural sunlight or any effect that mimics direct natural sunlight as will oh, remove so disease actually we could just actually. like ray of frost it until it's dead you could literally ray of frost it until it dies it's Okay. I'm going to ray of frost it till it dies. Well, okay. By itself, it's not much of a challenge rating. This trap, however, if it dropped you in there, would be quite a bit of a challenge rating since it covers every available surface down there. Yeah. Uh, Hollis taking a minute to just kind of stand in the center, you know, float in the center of this room, blasting off rays across the surrounding walls. Uh, It would take you about five minutes to kill off everything, revealing a simple 20-foot deep pit, now filled with a a fine brown dust. Gross. As this is crumpled and one into sarcophagus. This dust. If we float down sarcophagus. there, can we see any way out of this pit? No, not from here. You don't see any obvious exits. Hmm. Which is also why he was in a stone sarcophagus and not in anything fancier. Is this a wrong direction? But this seemed like the most obvious choice. I really don't want to have to break into a sister's tomb. It seems the only way we can progress. I guess let's take a look at the titles of the sisters and see if any of that might hint towards which one it might be because is is any of them called the way to Hakatep or something like that? I mean, like that? I just don't want to like... To go through all of them? Yes. Yeah. Masika feels bad enough about disturbing uh, yeah, this Yeah, I was going to say, that, that was clearly one we were going to feel bad about because that was totally unnecessary. Yeah, and the sisters ha- didn't ever do anything wrong either, you know Well, what I mean? that we know of. If I was Hakatep sister, I would have kept my head down and j- done jack and squat during most of this, you know? Well, it's yeah, like, it doesn't mean they weren't off doing their own terrible stuff. Although, I mean, if this guy is very funny to Hakatep and his crazy wife, is that the kind of comedian that's good? I don't know. It's Maybe all, it's like, it was all, like, performance stuff around the outside. It was all, like, you know, it's, juggling It said and something about him and, doing, like, like co- some comedy stuff, but, yeah. yeah, it was mostly, like, acrobatics, acrobatics tricks, and, comic pantomimes, juggling, and music. Oh, com- I mean, yeah, he did some miming, you know. Yeah. Probably doing what he <laughs> needed to do to stay alive, but uh, if there's one thing I've learned from uh, from everyone we've met is that uh, no they're all perfect. bad. <laughs> they all have a little something that goes, uh. I'm pretty sure after he disintegrated Ramos, his sisters were like, well, we're never going to get the throne. Well, well they I don't think they were to. expecting to anyway. But yeah, probably not. I have a feeling if they were involved in the shenanigans, we would have heard about that from Nahamra and other people because they've never been mentioned involved in any of this. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, they probably so. were just off doing their own. You turn, make your way back down the passage. Again, there's the the first one that you pass, which is the one closest to tape now that you're making your way tapes. Now that you're making your way back, each one of these, uh, again, there are three more in the next hallway, the first hallway that you entered, and then the fifth one that was around the corner where you first went. Each one of these denotes names, titles, positions. None of them seem particularly interesting. 
each one of these daughters married off to another prominent noble. Uh, it also does list the titles of their husbands or wives, but it does not actually list any names here. Who seems the most boring? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's the opposite. Maybe it's the one that seems the most boring. I just feel like there's got to be something marking it. Like, not, No, actually, if they wanted to make sure you didn't get to Hakatep's tomb, they wouldn't mark it. I don't know. Everything else has seemed like a, a test. And this doesn't well, this necessarily is the feel itself. like a test. And it honestly, it feels like uh, I don't remember which tomb it was where you had to circle around and say the ritual saying 40 times before you could get in. I'm like, oh, is this just another another like test of patience? Ugh. Well, I mean, the crypt of Earth. We passed all the tests to get down here. That was the point. So, you know, yep. this is just time wasting. Well, that's, what I'm, that that's way, what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, that's what it feels like. It feels like just another time wasty thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Although I guess if we have two cutting through them, they'll go, he'll go faster than I will because he does more damage on base. If you wish. <laughs> or how many stone of flushes you got, Jess? I know. Oh, there's no, going to be more no, no, stuff no. in the walls. Definitely no. <laughs> These aren't doors. I will allow anyone that wishes to, to make me a uh, architecture and engineering. Hey. Oh, gosh. I roll an 11 for a 24. I roll a 12 for a 25. Nice. Masika rolls an 18 for a 47. Nice. Masika, taking your knowledge of engineering, your knowledge of crypts and tomb building, to some degree, your knowledge of your, your ancestor that you've accumulated over time, as far as Jisasek is concerned, who was responsible for building this structure. Tabe is an outlier, obviously. Hence why his is the last one. However, there's a tomb on the same side as Tabe's, and a single tomb opposite, down the left passage. Two tombs on the right passage, but only one recumbent jackal symbol on the left. There's a gap. Chisisek did everything symmetrical. There's... Almost in an obsessive-compulsive way. It's weird that Tabe's here. But I guess that's just because Hakatep liked him. But there's three sisters on this side and only two on the other side. But there's a big gap down the main hallway right after we turn left. So possibly oh. the doorway is there. If there's going to be something hidden, I bet it's there. I don't think it's actually in any of the tombs. Hmm. Masika will head down that way. Her perception's not that great, but maybe something with her architecture or the clockwork or something. She can kind of, We investigate. You know, well, measure, you know, take how many how many steps between the, you know what I mean? And just kind of to narrow down what section of the wall it would probably be. Yeah, go ahead and make me a perception roll. Oh, Masika's perception's real bad. Can can Narma help me? <laughs> Let's go ahead can and Narma see what, do it? what Masika makes first. Oh, Masika rolled a 17. Hmm. Uh, that gets her a 24. You make your way down. Reach the, the symbol closest to the the entryway where you came in, 20 feet down. Turn, walk an equal distance, glance down at the blank floor, look over towards your right-hand side, knock, and despite the lack of symbol or any denoting, hear a hollowness as you knock on the wall. Sudi. Nice. Ah. Masika makes a punch noise, punch, like, you know. Punch noise? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rabbit punching. Yeah, you're yeah. rabbit punching. There you go. All right. And then Masika so. takes a step back. I will hand Masika the chimes for Narmer. Sudi gets to work. Narmer, don't ring these nearby me, you know. Okay. I promise to only use them to annoy. That's well, fair. annoy the bad guys. As long as you annoy our enemies, it's fine. 
punch, punch, punch. <laughs> Sudi, punching your way through this wall, taking some amount of time, eventually your fist slams through, and there's a disturbing sensation as it does so. Most disturbing because you were not anticipating, it feels like you've punched through ice, into ice water, as your fist slams Ooh. through the other side. Oh no. It's not wet, but it is frigidly cold as you retract your arm. All of you see mist roll out of the fist-sized hole and across the floor. Huh. As if you punched into a chamber filled to the brim with dry ice. I imagine widening the hole. You rip and tear until you reveal an entryway into another chamber. Rip and tear okay. like I'm the doom guy. <laughs> the walls of this chamber are smooth and devoid of any hieroglyphs or ornamentation. At the far side of the room, again, 25 feet wide, some 30 feet long, identical in size to the previous chamber that you've seen, probably identical in size to each of the burial crypts over here, you can see a wide column of smoky white and gray light. Mist rolls off of this and all of you feel this chill run out of this chamber. Something that chills you not quite physically, but almost spiritually. Mm. Ghostly humanoid shapes appear to rise and fall within the column of mist, their limbs held calmly across their chests, like mummified beings in repose. A faint odor of wine pervades the air, and there's a distant sound, like the chanting of a thousand voices. All right, well, I don't like that. It's different from a sarcophagus. The undead, Sudi. Sudi activates his tomb site, because probably, dear that or it's one heck of an illusion. No, you sense neither life nor death here. Can we make any sort of check? Yeah, looking over anyone that Mishus may make a spellcraft check, particularly mm. if you're detecting magic. I shall. That's uh, a 19 for a 46. I mean, Mystique rolls a 9 for a 29. We probably both got it. This is something unique. Not artifact unique, but type of magic no longer in service unique. Oh, I pull out my journal and start writing. This is something akin to a teleportation circle. What? Huh. You believe that a creature that steps into this mist should be teleported to a preordained location. Oh. <laughs> Once it is designated, the location cannot change. Uh, the spell fails automatically if you attempt to set the circle to teleport creatures into a solid object or to a place of which you're not familiar or have no clear description, etc. So et it's a teleportation circle, but necromancy, basically, huh. is what it sounds like. I wonder why that went out of fashion. Hmm. That's going to teleport whoever's standing there somewhere using soul power. Well, it gets around all the protections on the pyramid. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's very You can also note that the uh, the distance for this is substantially smaller than oh, the distance of the teleportation. A teleportation circle could teleport someone thousands of miles. This probably takes us into uh, a lower level or into the wing where the family's at or something like it's, that. It's the only way to go. Yep. Masika will step into the room. All righty, Narmer, let's go on an adventure. Should we okay. all cuddle with two and have two step in so we all appear at the same time. That may be advisable. That actually sounds very prudent just in case there's something waiting for us. 
Masika does shoulder. the thing where she holds up her arms. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everybody's like, up, up, up. <laughs> all right, we all cuddle with two. As I guess he gets big, and then uh, we let him get on the circle. What's the worst could happen? Oh, man. Uh, a hey, lot. Hey, at so least it's happening to all of us at once. So. <laughs> we'll all be in it to, we're all in this together, I guess. I suppose you step forward. As you enter into the room, the mist around you whirls up oddly forming almost like stalks of wheat or barley. Nice. As you make your way forward. It's supposed to be the duat. Yeah, like the fields. It very much strikes you as something similar to the plains, the realm of the dead. As the doorkeepers of the duat make their way through the door of the duat. Knock, knock. You step into the column of souls. The moment you do, everything around you shifts. It's not as sudden as a teleportation. It feels almost like stepping through a doorway from one room into another. However, if the site you were leaving behind was disturbing, the site you arrive into is much more so. Oh, no. Great. If we're right in front of Neferuset, I'm just going to start We're being in trouble. And then we started blasting. <laughs> yeah. You step through and into a chamber. The floor of this chamber is painted with the image of a large vulture. Oh. Mainly obscured by the abundance of blood My, that what, stains the floor and walls of this chamber, reeking of copper. That, that that blood is old, right, Rick? That blood is old, right? Your feet leave this stretching, almost ripping sound as you step into the partially congealed blood oh, across the oh. floor. Some of these stains are dry, others are distressingly fresh and your nose is flooded with the coppery smell of blood as the light from Two's wings glistens off of the tacky sheen that covers almost this entire room. Two impassive, vulture-headed statues of a strange green basalt overlook the carnage from their niches to the left and right, and a single broad hallway exits the room off towards your right-hand side. The hallway in which this trail of blood and drag marks makes its way deeper into the complex. I think we follow the gross blood trail, and you know where it probably ends? The crazy lady. But first, these statues, they're going to they gonna be. Yeah, I was going to say, Sudi taps his Golembane scarab and checks both statues. Anytime I hear gre- strange green stone, I'm always, like, wary. It's mm-hmm. kryptonite, y'all. No, well, we're not Superman. It's what a lot of the statues in the Lovecraftian mythos are made of. Well, this is probably the Neferusa for sure. Yeah. I, probably, yeah. Strange green soapstone, if you will. Yep. Ugh. Soapstone has such a nice feel to it. Anyway. It's true. Uh, anyone that wishes to may make me a heal check. Anyone that wishes to may also make me a survival check. I wish to do neither of these things and will instead detect magic. Masika rolls a perfect 20 for a 38 on the heel. I also allow a perception roll if you're not doing either of those other ones. Okay, okay perception cool. is good. And then she rolls a 14 for a 41 on survival. I rolled a whole big 8 for a 24 on perception. I rolled a 2 for a 28 on perception. I rolled a 7 for a 27 perception. Wow, um, we're all thrown. Yeah. Man, okay. I mean... Wouldn't you Unless be? it's a trap. <laughs> Masika, you lean down, look over the blood here. Two steps forward, almost practically into the doorway. 
eyeing the passage ahead, his massive frame filling the doorway and the hallway beyond. Hollis, you don't detect any magic here other than the pervasive magic that covers the yeah, entire yeah, yeah. place. Citra, as you look over the surrounding walls, suiting much the same, you can tell that while the walls in this chamber are covered in prayers, they are covered in disturbing prayers. Yeah. It states here, their span of life is eternity. Their limit is everlasting. Their dignity is of they who wish it done. They reign eternally in the dark forever. Their soul is in the belly of them. Their spirits are with them and the broth of the gods cooked for them from their bones. Their soul is with them, their shadows taken from them and consumed by those to whom they belong. Around the statues, you do see, however, a subtle group of hieroglyphs. These seem to denote the activation of the, what they refer to here as, column of souls. Hmm. You believe that by tracing the hieroglyph across the floor, you can reactivate the teleportation portal in the opposite direction. Ah, okay. So we can't get out of here. This isn't a one-way trip, guys. Good news. We write it down. Masika, you can tell that there are... Well, first off, and most disturbingly, you can tell that some of these blood stains here are no more than maybe two or three hours old. I don't like it. That's weird. But how? It seems that there are footprints that lead into this chamber. The barefoot man's back. <laughs> Many of them are humanoid. Some of them, though, are of other beings that enter this chamber but don't leave, as if they step into this room and then just disappear. The only set of footprints that leaves this room are those of what appear to be sandals, thin and feminine. Although to whom they belong, they're the only ones that come and go. No one that walks into this room, including the human footprints that you see, actually walk out. They are literally dragged from this chamber. Mm. You can see marks here of the attempts to fight back, but it would seem that whomever comes here does not leave this room willingly. So I think she's somehow summoning things in, brings them in here, kills them, and then drags them back out because there's only one set of footprints that come in and out, but there's some that come in and then don't leave. Hmm. Or they run over here and get dragged back. I mean, she'd have to be... We, uh, wait, does summoning even work in here? I thought like teleportation and all that doesn't work. Not unless you have the password. Oh, yes, that's right. Because mm. some of this blood is only like two hours old-ish. And summoning would be the only way to have anybody alive down here for so long. And two shakes his head. This doesn't look... This doesn't look like outsider blood. And depending upon what they're attempting to sacrifice, that would be an odd choice. I mean, they well, could just summon something that can go get something else and bring it back in here. That's what I was going to say. There are oh. numerous outsiders, things like demons, that could travel with individuals bringing them back. Mm -hmm. Collecting sacrifices to be brought here from anywhere in the world. All right, well, I'm going to follow these footprints, and yeah. Well, I think we're all going to do that. I mean, we're definitely all going to do that. I don't think that. going by yourself yes. would be a great plan. Let's well, go. We all form up. Yeah, we all form up, I guess. Two's going to have to shrink down because it's only five feet past this place. Uh, I assume that neither of those are golems. No. Okay, cool. Are they soapstone? Uh, looking them over, they appear to be a strange form of green basalt. 
Oh, okay, so they're not soft. So Hollis doesn't. Touch I mean, them. this is definitely the the Lovecraftian portion for sure. Mm. Making your way forward, the passage turns sharply to the left, some ten feet after you exit. The bloodbath continues. I mean, seriously. The amount of blood here is staggering. Following the passage ahead. I mean, we knew she sacrificed babies. Well, babies can't run. Yeah, but I'm just saying. For, you know, if I mean, she's there okay was with... no, but what she's saying is there was no limit for this woman in life. Oh, well, yeah, yeah but I wasn't expecting to find living sacrifices inside of here. I, that's the most surprising yeah. part is I figured this blood would be thousands of years old, but no. Or not yeah, here because she's Basically, dead. if she's okay with sacrificing babies, dragging however many people in here to yeah. make this kind of mess is not even going <sighs> to make her blink. No, yep. I wasn't expecting it to. You make your way forward and into a massive chamber. Oh, oh god! Okay. Oh my gosh! Way. It's Lord. huge. It's there's so high much set statues. Hey, this is big uh, enough. So I can cast pieces. my real crazy big spells. <laughs> A like barrel that. vaulted ceiling hangs high above this awe-inspiring temple. An enormous painting of a man with a canid-type head covers much of the floor. Four basalt statues. Stand close to the entry here, having the heads of baboons and the bodies of men. Two more stand off towards the far end of the chamber, each holding a wicked tipped spear and bearing their fangs. Four more statues stand larger than these, which are about like 10 feet tall. Each one of these, however, are close to a good 15 feet in height. Each of them have what looks to be lacquered black bodies and the full heads of what seem to be creatures known as shaws, commonly referred to as set beasts. They reach up almost halfway to the 30-foot high ceiling of this chamber. At the far end of the chamber, atop a large dais, stands a massive golden effigy of the same canine-headed figure standing nearly 25 feet tall and staring across the full length of this chamber. The prominent trail of blood you've been following leads from your entry up to the dais, where there are copious puddles of gore. And the platform directly in front of this massive golden effigy is what appears to be an offering bowl some three feet in diameter, heaped high with what appears to be rotting remains. Oh, God. Although Wonderful. specifically of what, you aren't certain. Not sure I want to know. Not sure nope, I know. it's probably bad. Are any of these statues going to kill us? Uh, I was going to say, yes, Sudi's are... immediately swinging around with the uh, the Golem Bane Scarab, Scarab to like look all these guys over as we approach. No, not the four near the entryway that you can easily detect from here. And we don't see her or anyone else in here? The chamber's unoccupied. Uh, she could be invisible and outside of the 60-foot range that the invisibility gives you, I believe. Or invisibility she might be actually hanging is, uh, out with her husband. Same invisibility also, I believe, is uh, to the limit of your line of I sight. Think it is. Oh, is it? Oh. Yeah. But yeah, I guess let's uh, start making our way in. Masika, you know, does what she always does when she's creeped out, which is grab an armor like a plushie in front of her chest. Yep, yeah, let's... I guess we'll move forward scanning the, uh, the statues as we're going up there to see if any of them are going to kill us. You slowly make your way forward, 
following along the massive blood trail in the center of the room. Probably more like to the side of the blood trail, to be honest. I don't know if I want to be walking through it. That seems a little <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, nasty. Hollis has been floating a few inches off the ground I mean, for so most is of Citra, this time. but still, it's like you, you give it a little bit of a wide berth. I will Each of the statues you pass stare down over at you intently as you walk beneath them. Their heads don't move or anything. They just watch you as you pass. Each of the statues curiously have bright gemstones for eyes. Or at the very least, the four statues flanking the central portion of the room do. One set with rubies, one emeralds, one sapphire, one topaz. Mm. I detect magic on them. Uh, detecting magic? Because no. those feel like elemental gems. Yeah. Seemingly matching the four elemental gems huh. that you have dealt with up until this point. Fun. Okay. Approaching towards the dais itself. Anyone that wishes to may make me a knowledge religion. Mm. Misty can rolls a 10 for a 26. I roll a nat 20 for a 47 on religion. Nice. Both of you can tell that this is obviously, well, first off, this is obviously a temple to set. The Osirian god of darkness, you don't deserts, say. murder, and storms. Oh, hey, murder. Cyrus. Yep. As you begin to make your way closer, you can tell that what is laying in the bowl at the foot of the statue is exactly what both of you would expect from the sacrificial alterings of Set. The body is not important. Only the heart is. And it's just mm. piled high with The hearts. receptacle of souls. Looking this over, there must be at least three dozen Jesus. hearts piled wow. in this bowl. Which begs the question, where did all the bodies go? Are they human or humanoid? They all appear to be humanoid. Hmm. Like medium-sized humanoid type situation here? Uh, yes, they do appear to be. As you begin to approach closer to the altar, you can see that there are numerous offerings laid out beyond just these hearts. What appear to be silver mummification statuettes, numerous faceted gems, artfully crafted animal figurines. Not that the statue itself would not be worth tens of thousands of gold. Just based on the sheer artistic majesty. I wonder where she is. Well, there's not a door. I will also allow anyone to make me... Sorry. I'll also allow Masika or Hollis to make me a Knowledge Arcana. No, oh, I don't have Knowledge Arcana. I got a 6 for a 33. 33 is the DC. Oh, good. Oh. You pause. Emeralds, rubies, sapphire, topaz. Looking back towards the statues... You don't think you're alone, though not golems. The temples of Set sometimes employ guardians known unimaginatively as Set guardians. Hmm. Constructs, not golems, because they are actually made through a necromantic process. In the days of ancient Osirian, when temples of the old gods still stood throughout the nation, worshippers of Set protected their places of worship with imposing constructs to allow the priests of the old gods to devote their time and energy to their religious duties. Set's clerics designated these foul sentinels as self-sufficient by using a combination of necromatic techniques and golem crafting. Uh, basically, they would start by murdering a desert giant. Oh. Uh, preferably one that worships set, although not required. They would then fashion headpieces out of brass, bronze, or iron that were sculpted into the likeness of their god of darkness. 
They would then be lacquered to a glossy black and set with expensive gemstones indicative of the type of elemental spirit used to animate the construct. After the headpiece was crafted, the preserved desert giant would be decapitated and the headpiece affixed to its dead shoulders. Lovely. Those things are going to kill us. They are extraordinarily rare. And they plus 10 to the DC to identify them extraordinarily rare. Oh my. Wow. In fact, they are so rarely seen because the actual process of creating them has almost been lost to the ages and was originally only known to the faith of Set. As such, they are only on very rare occasions encountered by unfortunate explorers or archaeologists, many of which do not live to tell the tale. Fun. Unfortunately, detail-wise, you don't know exactly what powers they even possess. You do. You are aware that they are not uh, golems, ergo they do not have immunity to magic. Yeah, and they've got well, some sort of that. elemental business. Yeah, the downside being we don't get to bypass their damage reduction. So, if they two, even though, have, have you, yeah, if yeah, they even say, have it, that's a I good point actually. If you specified. Well, we don't. They're so rare, we don't even know if they have any kind of things. Although they haven't activated to kill us yet. Yeah, you have not angered them. All right, these four guys right here are actually set guardians. They're like elemental construct necromancy things uh they're real bad why aren't they attacking i mean we haven't really done anything at this point especially not anything against the god of well well there's not much against the god of set (laughs) no i bet you they'd be mad if we touched that altar oh yeah i mean if we went over there and messed with that sure set guardians set guardians i do recall set guardians you're standing right next to one Two just kind of glances over them. I haven't run into them in a quite a long time. He steps towards one of them, enlarging to his full massive height to look over the statue. <laughs> Fair. Yes, you're right. They're elemental beings. Each one of them is immune to a specific type of elemental magic. Okay. Uh, specific to their The one that eyes. their eyes are, yeah. Emeralds are uh, electricity. Rubies are fire. Sapphires are cold. Topaz are acid. They can absorb this, enhance it, and then redirect it as a burst of energy around them. Okay, oh, so let's fun. not hit them so with really that. really don't hit them with that. That's all I really remember about them. That and they do possess some form of weakness. wonder if it's the that opposite element. To know. It's positive energy. <laughs> Specifically, I don't know, but it actually might be. I think that there's some sort of hybrid of construct and undead. Huh. They may okay. be vulnerable to positive energy or they may even affect like undead for things like Masika's sun powers or something akin to that. Oh, huh. two shorts. So what are, what are we gonna do? Neferuset's not here, but I mean, she obviously has been. I think we're gonna look for secret doors and keep an eye on these scary set beast things. I mean, she might be hanging out with Hagatep. Let's hope not. She would be able to freely teleport through this place if that was a power she possessed. Well, she Let's probably knows not. how to actually get to the tomb. Through. Although so far we haven't found that way, unless it's a magic way. I'm gonna look around for magic, I guess. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna touch the altar, but I'm gonna look at the altar from the edge of my magic detection range to see what the situation is with all these offerings. Detecting magic, there is magic Hmm. coming from the offering bowl. Well, of course there is. I'm gonna. I'm scared to take ten. That was the scary uh, You cannot gain line of sight to it, as whatever oh. it is is inside of the pile of hearts. Oh, well, that's yeah. gross. I don't want to do that. <laughs> but the hearts aren't magical, right? No, the hearts themselves are not magical. 
No okay, more so than something. the average heart is. Well, okay. Are there any doors like behind these guardians or? Not that you can see. Do you wish to climb <sighs> behind the guardians? No, I don't want to touch them. <laughs> I don't want to uh, touch That them. seems like a really bad idea. Um, I guess Sudi's going to start like just on the right so hand side blood. of the altar and work her work his way back to like just look for secret passages because like I, I can't think of any other thing that we could do other than find a secret passage. At least that's capable of Sudi to, to do so. Well, like so, it, it's probably got to do with that stupid bowl of hearts. We're going to dig those hearts out, and I don't want to do it. And that's going to make the set guardians attack us. It's probably. Thing. So, Sudi wants to look for secret doors? Yep. Okay. Masika? Hmm. I mean, my perception's not too great. So, I'm just going to hang around beside two. That seems to be safe. <laughs> <laughs> Masika's default action this is a scary place. Stay next to Papa Two. <laughs> two will actually take up a position towards the center of the room. Masika scurries after him. Citra? Uh, Citra's gonna search the opposite wall of Sudi and see if she can't help the search for I something mean, secret. We know that the set guardians are set guardians. We could just start wailing on one. Yeah, it would be unwise to provoke anything we don't have to fight. Yes, but if Neferuset shows back up here, which she probably will, then it's gonna be her and the four guardians. Uh, I think we can argument. finish searching the walls first. So, Sudi, Citra, go ahead and make me perception rolls. Oh, Hollis was up toward the altar, kind of. Oh, sorry, I thought you said maximum range, so 60 feet away was <laughs> maximum range for your detect <laughs> oh, magic. Oh, I could be really far. Okay, that makes me very happy. Uh, Sudi rolls a 19 for a 45. Okay. Oh, yeah. Citra? Uh, Citra rolls a 12, and I figure I am using my magnifying glass, so that gets me a 37. Very well. So, Sudi, Citra, you both make your way up towards the altar, try to ignore the horrendous smell, this overwhelming stench of blood. Checking around the altar, you don't see anything immediately. The two of you, I imagine, flink out left and right to begin searching around the outside. Yeah, that way anything pops up in between, we can just, like, flank. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, said teleports to the middle, and we're like, get her! <laughs> we're like little velociraptors up in here. <laughs> mm. Clever girl. Yeah, two's the bait, and then we come in from the sides. <laughs> <laughs> Clever girl. Sudi, as you circle around to the left-hand side of the statue, you're right as you're looking up at it. You stop, noting something different here. It's not even the wall that alerts you. It's the half-formed bloody footprint. Mm. Half outside and half inside of the wall where you can tell that the bloody tracks are thicker to one side of the statue. As you look this over, mm -hmm. you just kind of feel your fingers along a seam here. You can tell that there are a few bloody footprints that lead to the closest baboon-headed statue. Approaching closer towards it, you can see that there is some blood on the hand holding the spear of the statue. Ah. Uh, you think it might be a release. Hey, Citra, I think I found it. This, uh -huh. um... There's a seam right right along this wall here, and there's a bit of blood on this uh, set beast's um, hand, which I think means it's the lever to open it. Clever. Citra will join Sudi and take a look to see if it's trapped in any sort of way. Yes, because Sudi's not fool enough to just yank on it himself. <laughs> yeah, he, he's learned. He's learned. And then the set guardians attack. Yeah. Yep, I rescind the clever girl comment. Looking this over? No. It doesn't look to be trapped. 
I guess if you give the go-ahead, Sudi will... Well, if you were, let's all move over that direction before we open <laughs> that's a secret true. That's, door. Yeah, that's, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, he like, waves everybody over here. Yeah. Hello. And that way, so if will, it's a uh, small enough door, these big boys won't be able to fit through it. That is true. <laughs> I love the idea that we open it, it like slowly cranks up a little five-foot-wide door, and we're like, we got it, let's go. Well, it's let's more of a they can't come quick. join if the door doesn't open big enough. Yeah. yeah. Two will step um, over, positioning himself between uh, all of you, still 18 feet tall as he looks over the rest of the room, positioning himself between all of you. So yeah, then Sudi will, uh, will, I guess, grab the creature's arm and just like kind of, you know, move it like a joystick until it moves the direction that opens it. Grabbing the hand, pulling it down like a lever. There's a soft clockwork click, 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 click sound. And then the door off towards the side slides seamlessly down into the floor, revealing the other half of the bloody footprint. See, this is why you don't walk through blood and you keep things clean. Well, thanks. Thankfully, whoever walked through blood is alerting us. So, I mean, let's put let's be honest. They didn't think anybody was going to get down here clearly, or else they might have cleaned up a little for the guests. No, this is I all knew aesthetic. We were coming. This is all aesthetic. This is they wanted us to see this. Well, I guess we shall carry on. Well, make sure I clean this whole adventure started with bloody footprints, and it might actually end with bloody footprints. Hmm. I don't Hello? know what you're referring to, but it is bloody. Uh, we'll have to tell you that story another day. All right. Over Actually, like we probably have biggest... already told you this we story. We probably like, have already told you this story. Sure, but I didn't yeah, live because... it, so I'm not thinking about bloody footprints. <laughs> By then, y'all had a name for him. You may not have called him the bloody footprint guy. Uh, we called him the barefoot man for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Mo- mm. Like, literally most of book two, I think he was the barefoot man until we sure. found the, the, the grandma head grandma's head. Mm. And I think she gave him a name and then we were like, oh, okay. Neptacufrino. Neptacufri. Yeah, yeah, it was Neptacufri. Good call. It began with blood and it will end with blood. Making your way over towards the passage, a corridor stretches ahead some 20 feet. Again, blood everywhere as you look down this passage. Following it ahead, you enter into a chamber. Some 25 feet at a side. Painted on the floor of this chamber is a strange arcane design, seemingly composed of and marred by oh, no. splatters of blood. Oh no. Oh, that I looks told bad. You she's summoning things. <laughs> and pools of congealed flesh. A few oddly twisted bones also lie strewn about this grisly scene, mm. seemingly consumed or burned. No. Oh, that's probably what happened. A to single the corridor yeah. exits off towards the right-hand side, which seems to be the direction that many of these blood trails continue. All right. Oh, boy. All right. Well, into the uh, the, the blood summoning room and skirt around the symbol, because who knows what happens if you step in that symbol. Uh, anyone that wishes to may make an Ultracana. Anyone that wishes to may also make a heal check. Okay. Uh, roll a 9 for a 36 on Arcana. Uh, Masika rolls a 9 for a 27 on the heal check. Hollis. Still enjoying your archaeological field day. Eh, the blood's not great. The summoning circle, made of blood. This magic circle is of archaic pedigree. Very cool. I've dropped this down. It seems that whatever this is allows a summoned creature to arrive here, as well as be banished from here. It seems to serve also as a focal point, maybe for teleportation as well allowing oh. them to summon a creature here, send the creature to teleport elsewhere, and then allow it to return back to this point. Hmm. 
Ah. Uh, if you wish to, you may make a spellcraft. I will. Uh, roll a 17 for a 44. Oh, plus two, because plus two is supposed to be everything. I forgot we played Senate. 46. Uh, you believe that the summoning circle was specifically used for greater planar binding spells. Holy crap. Okay. Y'all, they got something greater planar bonded in here. Some uh, big magical friend. <sighs> Great. And they can use that to get out of here and come back to here, be banished from here. So this is essentially the door that they've been using. And that's oh, how they've great. been getting the people in. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, I mean, there's another hallway. <laughs> Masika. Yeah. These bones look to be charred by, well, first off, the bones are humans, or humanoid at the very least. It's impossible to tell whether or not the charring is from electricity or fire. Oddly, it seems to be both. Great. So, it looks uh, like something has consumed this. Probably the outsider. So uh, whatever, uh, I'm, I'm going to guess magic, was used, uh, it's it's lightning and fire and strong enough to more or less almost entirely consume a body. Like a fuel source? No, no, like obliterate it and only leave that left. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, promising. This so, is very promising. Well, is there a way to like maybe disable this so the creature couldn't come back? Assuming oh, you'd have to redraw it. It's currently been mussed up by dragging people through it. So we don't have to worry about the outsider coming in. We have to worry about them already being here. Yeah. Yes, it, it sounds like they were probably summoned in much the same fashion that I was. Two says, glancing into the chamber. Minus the meaning that they're part. probably still here. Well, minus the negotiating, probably just forcing whatever it is to serve her. It's true, although it's possible that if the hearts are going to set, that its payment is everything else. Yeah, Ooh. true. Oh, and it could be eating them. Maybe it's made of electricity and fire. There are oh, as many okay. uh, creatures in the Outer Plains as there are dreams in the Mortal Plane. So. Well, these would be deep space scary creatures, probably, because that's her whole vibe. Well, there's only one way to find out, and we need to press on before, mm -hmm. I guess, she starts coming back. Yep. And let's go. A single passage exits from this chamber. Again, no wider than about four and a half feet, ceiling some eight feet high. You begin to follow this new blood trail as it makes its way deeper. The passage continues on for some distance until you can see up ahead where it opens into another chamber. That's a lot of blood. A group of bizarre symbols and shapes are painstakingly drawn on the floor of this circular chamber in a sticky green gummy substance. Hmm. As you begin to approach closer towards it, first off, go ahead and make me an Aldracana for anyone that so wishes to. All right. It's going to be an 18 for a 47. Yeah, I'm not going to bother telling you my results. <laughs> Not that high. Hollis fully uh, no. has her her notebook out this whole hallway. Yeah, it was less than half that. <laughs> I'm still a I'm still a very early on magic user. Well, and mm -hmm. these kind of archaic symbols are probably not the kind you would have been familiar from in the, you know, knowing your magic <laughs> that's, 101. <laughs> that's from the advanced classes, and I'm still in beginner territory. <laughs> hey, but you got your first spell, and that's what matters. <laughs> Hollis. You recognize these symbols in a very vague sort of way, in that it is a type of magic you have not studied extensively because of the dangers of studying such. Hmm. 
these are symbols tied to the dark tapestry. Okay. And the mysterious beings that dwell therein. So you should These know are this. not the most famous of those symbols, such as the yellow sign. This is not the yellow sign. <laughs> oh, that's good. However, these do appear to be an inverse of a known defensive rune. The defensive rune, commonly, commonly referred to as the elder sign. These, okay. however, are a reverse of that. Instead of acting as a defensive measure, instead as a summons, an enticement to the <gasps> outer void. Oh, great. What's the substance? Uh, specifically, you're not certain. You can go up and investigate if you so wish. Mm, I think I want to start with seeing if this is like an active thing, if, if there's magic on this right now. Uh, there does not appear to be magic on it. Even as you're looking, you know, two's kind of glanced over there, gone. Mm-mm. Yes, please erase <laughs> it. Erase it immediately. He, j- he just pulls out his little, like, uh, holy power washer and just starts going to town on that. I am this, down for this, him erasing it. This, I believe, is why... Um, why I was chosen. Uh, this is knowledge that mortals should not have, as it only serves to entice and corrupt. In a very uh, literal sense of the word corrupt. In a very physical sense of the word corrupt. Well, then get rid of it so we can go through the room. <laughs> Hopefully we don't need it to be able to get to wherever we're trying to get to. Yeah, I'm not going in that room until T's finished erasing the flippin' <laughs> right. elder sign right. off the, the floor. Right, the inverted elder sign, But even. I do want to know what that substance is. <laughs> yeah, the, the inverted elder sign is come at me, bro. Can I at least see what the substance is while he's erasing? Uh, yeah, if you wish to make your way forward, you may look at it. Uh, you may make me a... Uh, allow either a craft, if you have craft alchemy, otherwise an appraise. Appraise it will be. Yeah, it's not the best roll I've ever rolled. We don't need hounds of Tindalos or denizens of Ling or who the heck knows what else popping in because of this symbol. I roll an eight for a 23 on a praise. Cool. They can't just pop in, to be fair. You can't teleport here. Are the rest of you entering the room? Not, Not until, until the symbol's is completely gone. Sanitizing the place. Cool. Uh, Hollis looking this over. Um, this appears to be some form of resin. <laughs> exactly what kind of resin, you're not entirely positive. Anybody know anything about resin? A uh, commonly used substance in the time of the ancient Osirians. They would often use it to seal canopic jars or things like that. I guess that's what this is. That'd make it more permanent than blood. True. That's how you keep your bowstrings working. No, no, I was just thinking of like viola. <laughs> <laughs> just remember whenever you'd open a new box of resin and you'd just hear a whole bunch of violinists and cellists or whatever in the orchestra room just going tap, 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 trying to get all the <laughs> dust built up. Mm-hmm. Do you wish to press your way forward? Follow the red blood road. Follow, follow, follow. It's probably like a mix of like red and brown, depending on how fresh. Follow the blood covered road. Yeah, it's it's nasty. Follow the nasty road. (laughs) Follow the nasty road. Give me a perception roll for the party, shall we? All right. Oh, no. Do I add my trap binding? Uh, Dangerous since I'll allow. I roll a nine for 27 to perceive. Uh, I roll an 8 for a 34, and I have my Tremor Sense. Masika rolls a 2 for a 9. Narma rolls a 12, which gets him a 30. She's still clutching him like, you know, a teddy bear, so, you know. Okay. I rolled a 17, which gets me a 42. Nice. All of you, with the exception of Masika, who nervously holds Narmer, trying her best not to uh, to look down at the, uh, the rune as Sudi steps forward into the chamber. All the rest of you hear something. Only Sudi, now in the chamber, sees it. Mm. 
25. Again, the chamber's 25 feet across, 25 feet wide, 25 feet high. As you exit from the hallway and step forward, you look up to see hovering up above you an amorphous blob Hmm. of black. That's weird. Covered in violet energy that ripples along the edges of this floating globe of liquid, like a dark star covered in a corona of violet fire. Oh, that seems to lash outwards, Mm. almost akin to like the corona of a sun. Great. The creature roils and begins to, in disturbing silence, hover its way down towards you as it floats like a nearly 15-foot diameter orb of liquescent darkness. Great. And I will need initiative from the party next time. Unknowable things from beyond the stars. Don't like it. And you know what this means. Is it a color? I got my ooze in this game. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.